going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Yes, everyone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 110. Still crazy that we've got that far of the Varbar podcast. My name is Jake. I'm, of course, your resident Chelsea fan. Surprising, surprisingly chipper, given how my team are playing recently. And this week, I once again have the absolute honour of hosting my VBP boys and our podcast. Let's hear it from you boys. How are we doing today, lads? Yes, yes, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Out here, out oh, here. There is some energy in the studio tonight. Well, boys, we might as well jump straight right in. This was a crazy week of football. It always is when it comes to those Champions League semis. And that's where we have to start. And we have to start with that Madrid semi-final against City. Oof. That one of the craziest games I've ever seen. So obviously City, they came into it, a 4-3 lead into the Bernabeu. That place was rocking, by the way. Whatever they've done, that atmosphere is through the roof at the moment. Tight first half, no breakthrough and then the 75th minute, I think it was, Riyad Mahrez, great strike, past Courtois, finally Breton, that big nose prick, I hate him with all my guts. <laughs> and then 90 minute strikes, and I think saying all hell breaking loose is probably underestimating what happened in that game. How are we going to explain to our kids that he did not get through? I don't know, I don't look forward to that conversation. Rodrigo strikes twice in two minutes with their first two shots on target, sending us to extra time. And then that man himself, Benzema, wins the penalty off of Ruben Diaz and converts it, sending them to the final. Um, Perez, I'm going to come to you. It's your noisy neighbours in blue. It has to be described for me anyways as an almighty bottle job from those boys. Just for me, lay it out. Like, where do you actually see the blame? Is it players? Is it Pep and his now almost growing reputation for these big occasions and not getting it spot on. Where do you see it? Um, boy, is for me, I can't really put any blame. I say any blame. I can't put the the whole blame on Pep. I think Pep did what he thought was the right thing to do in terms of from a game management perspective with the substitutes that he made. Um, I think when Riyad Mahrez, uh, obviously scored the goal, fantastic goal it was, he immediately, um, you know, his immediate re- reaction was just to shuffle the team round, make the necessary changes to, to see the game out. I don't think anyone could have foreseen, um, what, <laughs> what could have happened from the 90th minute onwards. I mean, it was just, um, moments of madness defensively on City's part and just the lack of concentration and focus to, to see the game out. And they paid the ultimate price for it, man. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to, to, from my perspective, to put the blame anywhere else. I'm, I, I don't think Pep, Pep should, should really be at fault for, uh, for the way the game, uh, the game panned out, man. Yeah, that, I mean, just some of the goals they let in, but, Toast, I want to come for you with this bit. That man, Benzema, strikes again. He's assisting that first goal for Rodrigo. He obviously wins and then converts the winner from the spot. Um, I'm going to need you to lay out a case he doesn't win the Ballon d'Or this year. <laughs> hey, I-, I can't see it, man. I can't see it. Like, like This boy has just been so clutch, so important, just unbelievable for this Real Madrid team. And like considering like um, Cristiano leaving a couple of years ago, the, the the just the remontada, if I can even call it that, that he's made from when he was. I mean, he was still still a good player, still a solid piece for Real. But like he's him to have gone from that level to Ballon d'Or level is just it's, it blows my mind, man. But I mean, all credit to him. He's been so important um, for both like club and country um, the past twelve months. Such big performances, clutch goals. Um, yeah, I can't see anyone else winning the Ballon d'Or personally, man. Nah, I, I'm absolutely the same. Like, just it's. I don't know if you, any of you boys saw it, but I think it was when City had scored, or maybe they were going in for half time, and they shone. Oh, sorry, they put the spotlight on Benzema and Casemiro, and they were just having a laugh. 
<laughs> and you're sat there like you boys are t- you got to score two goals so quickly and it's nothing to you like we I mean certain members of this podcast like to call their team mentality monsters <laughs> what is that if not laughing in the face of Arity. honestly like Ar- yeah thank you press said it best I mean like there's for me there's very few teams in that position in the 90th minute that even just have the belief that they can still go and win it um, like a semi-final it's literally like one minute left of normal time, but there's just something about the white of Real Madrid. There's just something about that jersey when this team is in that in this competition in any given moment. Like, just dreams can happen, man. Like, honestly, crazy for them to have scored two goals in in at a time, man. But uh, yeah, football heritage. Yeah, especially when it's a player like Rodrigo, which, I mean, he moved for big money. I think it was like 50 million they paid for him when he's 18. Hasn't really done that much for him, but just sees the moment, sees the bright lights and just steps up. It's but crazy. It's, 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 it's one of those ones where it's like, it's for something to happen as as magical as that, it's going to take a player that you probably least suspect. Obviously, yep. Benzi... He he brought it home uh, with the with the penalty, but it's it's always in those kind of moments. It's, it's the player like look at your your Origi's, for example, for Liverpool. That you know those those magical moments that you don't expect. Lucas Mora, um, man, like, Lucas Mora, yeah, um, and uh, the PSG uh, Barcelona um, was it semis back in um, I can't remember the oh, year. That was but the Unai Emery days with like Sergio Rabiot, right? Exactly right. Oh. So yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's the players you least expect in moments like that that will provide the magic and, and take your team uh, uh, over the line. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. I get it. I get it. Like, Mace, I want to come to you with this because I, mm. I can't compliment him. So I'm going to have to excuse myself from this part of the conversation. But <laughs> like, we're not. it's not as if we didn't expect it. But Courtois made 10 saves in that semi-final. Like, he was man. a human wall. It yeah. was not getting past him. Like... That Grealish save at the end with his foot, just like what impact do you think that has on the team? Just seeing him not get beaten. If Grealish scores that game done, I mean, when that shot, when we thought, oh, he missed it, but the replay showed it just nicked Courtois legged and unbelievable save, just unbelievable save. Um, to be honest, should he have done better with the Maris shot? Oof. I think it's a hard one. I yeah, think. it was it was a bullet, man. It was a sweeping yeah. finish. Really <laughs> struck, man. It was, I thought he was. I thought he was going far post. Personally. Yeah, I think that's what Courtois thought as well. And then he his body weight shifted right, but obviously Mares, amazing player. Honestly, he, even if he guesses right, I think he might still not stop that man because the speed, it, the way it came and it flew into the top corner, man. It's tough. Like yeah. a left footed player as well. Yeah, and regardless, Courtois. Big game, big player, great. He was great on, on in that game. So yeah, we have to give it up to him. Even though you won, Jake, but you, you have to. <laughs> Never in a day, mate. He was shit. His defense did it all. He definitely didn't have to make. Well, you know the funny thing, Jake. Just to take it a little a step further with that game, I blame Cancelo. If you look at that, the the goal for Rodrigo, he was playing Benzema onside. Everyone moved up. If Cancelo moved up. City would have won that game. That's yeah. that's how tight the mar- the margins were for that game. Yeah. Cancelo was playing Benzi on, and if he just stepped up, that would have been a different score. Yeah, tight no, margins. I, I completely, I completely, completely agree. I mean, again, like try to want to hear your views on this because there was um certain again pod members they do not like us complimenting Cancelo and Diaz as much, and yet. They were the ones that made the big mistakes in this game for City. You could easily argue, like, are we overhyping them, or did they just let the moment get to them compared to Real, who owned the moment? Um, I mean, personally, like, obviously, they've been great pretty much the whole season in the league. I think Diaz had a little, a slight drop off in form in comparison to last year, but Cancelo has obviously been arguably the best fullback in the league, so. I think those moments can happen, man. It's it's like Shalom said, it's the fine margins in games, concentration, obviously the there was pressure towards the end and you switch off, you get punished. But I don't think it's so much like it's just down to them to whatever. I think as a collective, City just were a bit naive. Um yeah, Real Madrid have got that heritage and they they they've they've done special things already in the previous rounds, but I think 
you can't be five three up on aggregate in the 89th minute and not go through. So I think that just as a whole, like the whole team, obviously just didn't concentrate and they got punishment. Yeah, that they did. They they had the ultimate punishment, and well, they deserve it. Like another another collective bottle job. Everyone gets their share of the blame. It seems. Um, we we're going to move on. We have to move on to the other tie that was midweek. Villarreal versus Liverpool. Liverpool, they did the job at Anfield. They had a 2-0 lead. They're going into the home of the Yellow Submarine. And in the first half, I think it's fair to say, they did everything they could to allow Villarreal to get, a, get have hope and a dream of making the final. That first half performance, I can't remember Liverpool playing so badly. It was goals by Dia and Coquelin, both really given up by Liverpool mistakes, evened it up at half-time. And then Jurgen Klopp gets... Either the inspiration or we get to have a massive rant at the boys, to say the least. And Liverpool turn on the NOS. They turn the whole game around. They win 3-2. I think, Toast, what did you say? It was 25-1 to for Liverpool to actually win the game at half-time. Yep. And they win 3-2. They're off to their third final in five years. I mean, Toast, while you're here, like that first half, like I said, I think that was abhorrent what they were doing. They were giving the ball away left, right and centre. They they looked overmatched. Like, what did you think of it? Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, credit to Emery, how he set the boys up for that first half. They were absolutely brilliant. I mean, he really got the best out of like the likes of like Coquelin, obviously scored the second goal. Etienne Kapui provided like two great crosses for um, for uh, both goals. Um, yeah, man, they played. They played inspired. Um, they kept Liverpool like front three men very very quiet, but. I'm very disappointed with the way Emery kind of set them out for the second half. It basically became like nil-nil again. And then he reverted back to the whole, we have to just defend our goal mouth kind of uh, style of play. And for me, that that's what really cost them because Liverpool, like offensively, are just an inevitable team. Like they will always get a goal from somewhere. It was from who you least expected. It was a Fabinho goal. Um, absolutely shocking goalkeeping um, for the goal but once Fabinho kind of scored I mean for me it, it, the game was a wrap really it was a matter of time before Liverpool came back so I'm just disappointed that uh, Emery didn't kind of tell the boys let's just try and get one more before we kind of revert back into mm-hmm. our hole and defend yeah very disappointed I think for me I mean Prez I'd like to hear your views on this but mm-hmm. for me they just look gassed I think like yeah. I don't know whether or not it was a setup I think they just that first half they ran like I they were everywhere and I yeah. think the second half they just weren't ready for it it was almost as if maybe they didn't even expect to be doing this well like maybe they'd nick one goal and they'd take that momentum in but I think it they, whether it was overawed or gassed for me they just yeah it, it maybe not a setup it just they struggled they massively yeah struggled. They, they they struggled yeah second half was a complete contrast to the first but I think I'm probably going to agree with Toast that they are responsible for allowing so much pressure come their way. So there was a point in the game for like um, in the second half in, you know, for like 10 minutes where they were completely leaving um, Trent Alexander-Arnold free to cross the ball constantly and I'm thinking this is one of the best crosses of the ball in world football that you're allowing to just pump crosses in in the box eventually you're going to pay the price for it um so it 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 really didn't make sense from like just a, a neutral perspective that okay yes it might might have been that you know there may have been some tired legs out there but it seemed just from a I guess from a a, a shape perspective they were they were happy to just allow uh, the pressure to be to be brought on, and I don't think with the attacking talents um, and the, the high octane football that Liverpool play, I don't I don't think that's a smart thing to do. In you know, regardless of how good you back yourself defensively, so um, yeah, I feel you know credit to them for their first half performance. I mean, if they sustain that performance right through to um you know through the, through to the second half who knows where we we would have been now but as Toast said um they have Liverpool have that inevitability about them where you just know that they're going to score and you, you you're not going to stop them from scoring home or away so yeah man I, I didn't even at 2-0 you kind of don't get your hopes up too much when when you're playing Liverpool <laughs> um but um yeah credit to them for for the first half showing man yeah without a doubt without a doubt um 
Shalom, we've covered mm-hmm. them. It's going to be a Liverpool-Madrid final. That is, as, I mean, Mourinho said it himself, that is football heritage. Heritage. Like, with the proper, like, Italian hand gesture as well. <laughs> like, that is fine, fine work. Um, how do you see the final going? I mean, before we even touched that, during his um, interview, Ancelotti said, well, I've lived in Liverpool, I'm an Evertonian, so it's going to be a derby. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good final. Um, a better man will probably go Liverpool, but a smarter man will probably bet on the heritage and bet Madrid. Mm-hmm. So we just don't know. But I think what one thing we know for sure is that the final will be good. It will be interesting. Um if if Liverpool don't make the the same mistake City made in the first semis, i.e., not scoring three four within the first half, then they win. If they do make the same mistake, then you can see Madrid coming back in, in the fashion they do. So really, I don't think anyone can call it, but I think maybe the, the numbers might say Liverpool just due to their attacking talent and their midfield. It just it just seems. It seems very well. The numbers probably will say I, Liverpool. I genuinely think Liverpool are going to slap them up, man. Yeah, like, that's my, that's my, that's my. T- I think that over a one. Here, say. <laughs> <laughs> I think over one game. Um, you know, we've obviously seen what Real Madrid have been doing this season in the Champions League over two legs, and you know they're afforded the opportunity to come back into the tie in in the the return leg. But I think in a one off game. Um. Yeah, I, I can't see past Liverpool, man. Yeah, I'm, I I am the same, but it's that foot that football heritage. I mean, it scared me when I was yeah. in the quarterfinals, and it yeah. came to light. And it is just like, I mean, we we're speaking about Manny Benzema in that form. It's just, it's unstoppable. Like, yeah. I, I, I actually, think. Oh, go for it, touch. Go for it. I actually think Real are going to win, man. I don't know, man. Like. Real just don't lose Champions League finals, man. Again, it's just going back to the the heritage of the club, man. There's just something about that team. Um, they've got so many quality, like experienced players, like for this moment. Like the like, I can I can see like the likes of Cruz and Modric having massive games. I can see Benzema getting in on the action. So I feel for Liverpool sometimes, man. Um, if Salah is in his like just shoot at every opportunity mode rather than kind of making the best play. I feel like he could kind of work against them. I feel like he's actually been kind of working against the team in the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Like, But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think Real, I think Real are going to win. You know what, though, Toast? I know you said I know you said you like Militao, but I think he is just a calamity. He's low-key a, a donk. Yeah, man, low-key. he's yeah, good, I'm but he's lie. a calamity. I get that. Yeah, I get that like vibe from him. I'm not sure what, what you see in Militao, but I don't see it. I personally loved his show of constantly going down in extra time with a groin, <laughs> a groin injury and then getting back up straight away as soon as yeah. like the ref was going to get him off. It's like, no, 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 I'll stay, I'll stay. And then just like limping it. Like the proper um, pull the shorts as high as he could technique. Yeah. Like, to see if that would help. But yeah, I honestly, I think for me, it was the fact that like every Liverpool fan I spoke to had a different opinion on who they wanted to play, whether it was City or Madrid. Like, mm. and I think it is that thing to fear. Just it feels with Madrid, like they feel like they can do it. Like you just can't shake it. It's not a case of, oh, they're the better side. Oh, they can do this. Oh, they can do that. It's just literally that they can just win. We don't know how, we don't know why, but they will just pull it off. And that's mm. almost the worst thing. But I think it's going to be a great final. I really hope it's going to be a great, I really hope and think it's going to be a great final. Likewise. Um, yeah. So we'll move on to our Premier League games. And Strider, you're going to need to speak about your team because you visited Liverpool, of course. You went to Anfield under the lights, as we continually get told when it comes to Anfield. Um, a tight first half, little itty-bitty. Liverpool, of course, have to get every point they need to even challenge City for the title the way it is at the minute. And then Conte, Spurs, and specifically Son had other ideas. He scores again. That man is just on fire at the moment. I know you have a love affair for him. Um, like, is he winning the golden boot? Do you know what? I think with Salah being two goals ahead, I just don't know if, if it's too much, man. I don't know. I think Salah will still nick it. But for him to be on 20 goals, unbelievable achievement. You know, we say 20 goals. I think that number is is like 
put around quite often, but it's, it's very hard to do, especially as a winger. So, yeah, man, he popped up again with an important goal. Obviously disappointed not to win the game, but I think it shows progression. I think in previous years, like we've been to Anfield and we probably should have done better in terms of results. So to get a point on the board keeps us still in the race, obviously, for the top four, man. Um, but yeah, Son, Son has like an, on the individual basis, like unbelievable, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, you, you say top four, Calvin, I need to ask you this because obviously, like you say, Liverpool needed a win. You needed a win. So really, this result of a draw, maybe you weren't expecting from a Spurs side, but a draw really doesn't do either of you the world of good. Um, who really had the better result here? Like, does it matter as much for you guys as it does for them, or maybe even the worst result? I should say. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like you say, a draw doesn't really help either of us. I think we've had the better result for the f- reason of obviously we've gone away from home. Um, Liverpool needed to win every game. And we've pretty much now, I think, finished their title hopes. I don't think... I think it would have been difficult anyway. Finished. The there we go. Oof, yeah, oof, oof. I think I think Liverpool are done, man. I think they're done. They needed to win every game. This was always going to be the potential banana skin for them, um, you know, because we're not the best, obviously. But one thing we've done is taken points off the top teams. We beat City twice. We've got a draw uh, against Liverpool at home. So we were always going to be a difficult test, especially with our counter-attacking threat. But three points in it now, I, I can't see it, man. Um, in terms of us, like, yeah, obviously wanted more, but we're four points adrift of Arsenal. They don't need to win on Thursday when we play them. So they're still in the driving seat. So it's, it's difficult. We're, we're going to need everyone in Newcastle to do us a favour. I mean, we I'll do need what, to win, yeah. though. Strides. We do need to win. That will secure I mean, it. I, I, yeah, that, that I, yeah. will secure us. You, you don't have to win. I think we have to win. You can get No, we don't have to. Leave. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. the difference. I think... Like, if I was Arteta, I'd be setting up to not lose that game rather than I think Conte's got to yeah, go facts. and win it. Facts, um, facts. And, just, and we'd, we'd, just, yeah. Go ahead, Storage. No, nah, I was just saying, like, for me, like, I, that's why I think it's, it's done. Like, I think the draw has basically finished the top four hopes and I think it's finished the, the Premier League for Liverpool as well. So it's kind of, kind of, um, I don't know, not, not killed the end of the season, but. I think the title race yeah. is obviously interesting. The top four was interesting. I think they're both done now. All we've got now is a relegation battle. But yeah, I, I'm still proud of the boys to go to Anfield, like you say, under the lights to get a point. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Well, I'll tell you what, then, Sean. Let's go on from Strider's point here. You're, mm. So let's put yourself in the shoes of a Liverpool fan because I don't want you to get too far over to that dark side. <laughs> um, so City's next three games. So obviously, really, they need to take maximum five points for, for Liverpool to be in it or depending on goal difference, six, right? Yeah. You've got Wolves away, West Ham away, and Villa at home. Villa, yeah. Yeah. Where are they dropping points? Where are you as a Liverpool fan in their shoes thinking they drop points? You know what's so mad? I think Wolves rather than West Ham. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think Wolves can possibly do it. West Ham, I think sometimes they can flatter to deceive. But Wolves sometimes can go the other way and you think you're going to beat them, but they just put on a very brave performance and they nick a point. They did that against Chelsea for like, as an example. So um, realistically, it's in City's hands to, to lose. And um, I, I think they should win three odd the three games left but they could drop points against Wolves but Liverpool need them to lose that's another that's another point so eh, I think I just think after the after the Champions League like losing that the way they did they cannot now not win the Prem like it would be for them to potentially go from I don't know winning the Prem in the Champions League to winning nothing like it's not it's not something that can happen for me, and I think today, obviously, the five 0 win against Newcastle, I think it, it just shows the intention that they're here to to wrap things up quickly, and they're not ramping. Yeah, so I completely, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you and because they, they boosted that goal difference as well. So yeah, yeah, didn't they score like yeah. three goals in the last like five minutes or something yeah. stupid yeah. like that? Like, yeah, <laughs> just unless we're honest, we don't. Yeah. Want I mean, I was of the, the league, like. 
Kenner will be unbearable. I think will be unbearable. most people don't want Liverpool to win the league. That's just, just, it's just that, that, that threat of the quadruple. We need that just out of the picture, basically. Yeah. I'm getting messages picture. saying Chelsea have to win the FA Cup the way we're playing. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, Pep, this is what Pep said after the game that Liverpool have an incredible history in European competition, but not the Premier League because they've only won one in 30 years. So I think that shows how seriously he is making these boys take these last couple of games. Like mm. I can't see him slip up, but I mean, but he's, he's already getting into his crybaby bag in his interviews, man. So yeah, Klopp, Klopp is yeah. Klopp I mean, is sometimes whiner, you need man. that, don't you? He just lacks yeah. class no, and decorum, and like, do you know what I mean? Like, what yep. I, I think I read him, him say something like, "Oh." almost like we're anti-football or the way we play isn't yeah. the way he want his team to play. That's fine. What, do you want us to come to Anfield yeah, and bust going, open like every other man? for like Conte and that. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, didn't, so, what, what, didn't Klopp say that against your team just recently? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's talking about. No, no. Yeah. I thought you meant Pep. You mean Pep or Klopp? Oh, no, I'm oh, talking about bad. Klopp. Yeah, Sweet. yeah. yeah. Klopp, and oh, like cool. for me, I don't know what he expects. Liverpool are a top side, arguably the best in Europe. So, what you want us to come there and, and not defend and not try and play on the break? Like anytime things don't go his way, you just love to come and moan. Like I just I can't stand the guy. I can't. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I can't stand. Strides, him. Do you know what? Like you guys, you guys could have almost won that game. I yeah. you could have almost. Do you know the the, um, the chance from uh, what's his name? Your Weber. DM when you should have squared yeah. it. Yeah, squared it to oh, Kane. Mate. Oh mate! Yeah. Oh god! Big, big chance. But My also, the team is so angry. Also, I think Tottenham may have shown us how to possibly beat Liverpool, just frustrate mm. them and play them on the counter-attack. And there's no better team that can counter-attack than Tottenham. That's one thing I saw in that game. Scary. Kane's vision is one of the best I've seen. Yeah, there was another chance that Kane had to, if if the ball was like a, yeah. a, Kane, a perfect Kane ball, Son yeah. was in. Son was in, but he forced, the pass forced him wide. Yeah. That was another big chance in the game, man. But yeah. right, okay, we have to we have to talk about it. toast. I'll get your views first. It's North London derby time. As a neutral, well, I say a neutral. I hate both teams. I'd love some broken legs on both sides. Oh, um, God. It is North London derby time on Thursday. You are visiting Tottenham. As Strider said, they need to win more than you guys. How do you see it going? You know what, man? I've been thinking about this. It's 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 a strange one because I'm, I only it's it's hard to say, man. Like, um, if I take just what Arsenal are doing right now, like Arsenal independent of like it, the fact that it's a North London derby, um, it's obviously a big game. The f- fourth is on the line. I would just say Arsenal one 0 but unfortunately, like it's it's obviously not that simple. I have to look at how obviously Tottenham played against. Um, Liverpool, how Tottenham are playing quite recently. Um, the fact that it is a North London derby. I'm going to say draw personally. I think there's too much at stake for Arsenal to lose the game, but Tottenham just have too much quality um, for for Arsenal to probably kind of go ahead and win the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to say a 2-2 draw, man. 2-2 oh, two, two draw. I mean, that uh, as a neutral, I want that. I want at least a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think, especially Tottenham, like I saw they're the top scorers since... 2022 started like sort of just this calendar year like they've been in great form so i i'm hoping for fireworks to say the least what about you press considering you're also a neutral in this yeah man i mean we 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 pray for a good game i think they've got we're not saying arsenal have to win but i'm sure that they're not going to be you know thinking have that in their their mind coming out into the coming out into the game uh, it's still a competitive fixture with pride um, more than anything uh, on the line. So um, I reckon both teams are going to go for it. And um, yeah, I, re- I reckon it'll be a good watch. Me too, me too. Um, right, we've been speaking about Arsenal. Let's just go straight into their game. They welcomed Leeds to the Emirates today. And call me Eddie, getting two goals against his former <laughs> club in the first 10 minutes. Get that phone out, boy. Boy. <laughs> um, Luke Ayling getting sent off. How the ref didn't give that as a red initially, I'm not sure because he decided he was gonna he was going for legs there. I mean, what were the boys saying? He's already booked his holidays. He was ready. Um, He's they like, did now. Yeah, they did. They did <laughs> have <in>. one. <laughs> they did get one back, but ultimately Arteta's boys see it through. Arsenal boys, 
I want you to talk to me about your expectations for the year. Obviously, how are you <laughs> oh, seeing it? This again. <laughs> <laughs> this again. <laughs> Cue <laughs> prayers. <laughs> oh, man. Well, like, let's, let's look at it. You boys provided a good result in North London on Thursday. Your odds on, we'll put it that way, to finish fourth. Some are saying you should be expecting this. Some are saying this is an overachievement. <laughs> Prez has muted his mic, so Arsenal, you have the floor. <laughs> go on, Prez, you're on No, go on, boys. No, go on. Um, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> Jake, you're funny, man. Um, you know what, man? We're in a very strong position right now. I'll be honest with you. Um, in, we're even to the point that we can afford to lose the um, the derby and obviously still be in a very strong position to um, get top four. I mean, I think, I think, I think we will do it. I think we'll get a result against Tottenham, um, a result of any kind, and I think we'll do it. And I think we will, we will get fourth place, and we won't have to kind of have this back and forth about whether or not we're overachieving or not because we'll be in the we'll be in the position we need to be in. So. Yeah, I think we're going to do it personally. And you, Mace, what about you? <sighs> oh, that's not as confident. Well, that's it? a sign. <laughs> this is the same guy that said Partey is the reason they're not going to make it, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I mean, if you if you really want to deal with that Partey comment, is it a lie, though? Partey was and still is one of our best midfielder, second no to doubt. maybe Odegaard. Yeah, exactly. So if you miss him, it it does dampen it, your or, or it does injure your tight your fourth place. Uh, but it's know, on challenge. it's on wax, bro. That's all I'm saying. I mean, saying. Yeah, I mean, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm also I'm also man enough to say I want to be wrong, and so far I have been proven wrong um, mm-hmm. by a, a big big performance from Mohamed El Neni of all people. Who knew that? Yeah, he bro, he's balling out, man. He's I been brilliant, lie. man. Yeah, <laughs> who who knew that? He, when he I made that comment, I should have I should have asked myself to take a break and think about it. and then yeah, I didn't, but who would have? Who would have called it? Um regarding North London Derby, I think Spurs might might edge it. Because what I saw against the Liverpool game, I just saw a very, very good Spurs. And especially adding Kulishevsky into that mix, he's very good. So mm. I, I I just closed my eyes trying to think Tavares against Kudusevsky, that's done. Okay, now we've replaced <laughs> him and we put um Tomiyasu and okay, Tomiyasu against Kudusevsky or Cedric again, maybe. But still, you have Son who's what, 20 goals? Kane who can pick him out from anywhere. It's going to be a very tough game. Plus, the only thing I kind of, that comforts me is that it's the North London derby. Anything can happen. So as such, I I'm just gonna go draw, you know. That's just that's me. What, that's really I think that's kind of the, I guess the ideal. Well, not ideal, but the score that you guys would would be be able to tolerate going into your final game, right? I mean, yeah, true. But if there's any time you want to see a cold blooded Arsenal, mm. this game on Thursday should be the time. You defend cold blooded. Cold, cold bloodily you score cold, cold bloodily you, you do everything just cold blooded no mistakes and if we can see an arsenal without no mistakes which is very rare then we win but this is my team how can we go tune you up against a, 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 a side playing with 10 men and concede that shows you everything you need to know about <laughs> arsenal yeah. you see what i mean they they just have calamity within that dna and we're slowly getting out of out of that but so far we have to deal with the present and the present is tottenham attacking wise are crazy and we're playing them at home so it's going to be a very tough game for us but i, w- I would like I to still be more cold-blooded man. yeah i thought you like don't think so you, no man well i don't know like obviously i'm gonna back my team in it but i feel yeah. like if you lot just sit there and say cool break us down we won't be able to do that. Don't play into our hands. Don't mm. like Liverpool will allow you to to have space in behind with the high yeah. line and and they yeah. and their full back and press high and things like that. But like if you just sit there and say, "Cool, break us down," and we don't do that, and then you have that kind of attacking threat with Martinelli, Saka, obviously, and Kay has found form. I think you can cause us problems mm. same way. And if we were to go one 0 down in the game, it would be very difficult to come back. So I'm not apprehensive about Facts. the game. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, true. True. Okay. Fair enough. It's going to be a very good game. I think that's what we can all agree. Let's yes. look forward to it. 
Definitely. Yeah, definitely. screw you, Jake, with the broken leg comments, man. <laughs> Bastard. That's what I'm here for, man. That's what I'm here for. Well, Shalom, you don't you want me to do that, but then we're gonna move on to Prez's United. Uh, speaking, speaking about broken. I'm here for um, that. so four nil. That's the first thing I wrote down. Um to a team that in their fifteen home games in the Premier League this season, they had scored twelve goals and then United showed up. <laughs> um, United are now guaranteed to have their worst ever Premier League point total. Um, Prez, my question is, has it actually been any worse than the dog shit they're putting out right now? No, no, I don't think it has, man. Because aside from the performances on the pitch, is just everything else around it is just shit, man. Like, if it's not the, the leaks coming out from people in the camp every week, it's, you know, people talking about, about leaving publicly or, you know, question of work ethic, you know, pun- pundits, um, former United players, pundits coming out and saying this and that, um, having their views, thinking that they're, you know, directors of, of football from, from their, their armchairs. So you just have these different factors that have contributed to just this big cauldron of shit like every single week and this performance uh to lose four nil away to Brighton just just epitomizes you know where where we're actually at so just picking out one of the players um from the Brighton team um as Moises Caicedo who um Brighton picked up I think in January and he is actually a player that United scouted or was scouting for um I think last summer um and and through uh through the window last summer so he actually publicly in an interview said that his dream is to to play for man united and he was available for 4 million euros um at the time that we were scouting him but we decided against it and he's been uh, a really really bright spot for Brighton since he's come in and has been putting in man of the match performances so <laughs> If there isn't any changes within this United structure, I'm sure that two years down the line we'll probably offer Brighton 80 million for him um, <laughs> just to, to compensate for the fact that we missed out on him. But yeah, just <laughs> just to bring bring it, my point back round, um, it's yeah, it's a complete complete shit show right now. My season ended uh, weeks ago. Uh, these guys thought that I was just trying to run away from the grind of you know this top four possibility, but really and truly. Right, you- He's running from the grind. Weren't you? Bro, you, you, you were, you were, you were. It's, it's on wax. I said that the season was over from time ago. You guys can choose to believe differently if you like, but my season as a fan has has ended and it ended a few weeks back. So I'm not I'm not in any shock. And I, I think when Jake asked me this question on pod a few a few weeks ago as well, he asked me what what is my expectations from the games that I left. I said I don't expect anything from this bunch of guys. Um I don't expect to to really pick up results against um any of the teams because there's no spirit uh, within uh, within any of these players to believe that they're actually pushing for a top four finish, and um, I, I you know I've turned out to be right, so that's what it is, man. Yeah, I mean it's an understatement to say Man United are horrible at the moment. Um, Strider obviously Ten Hag's now being confirmed, so you hear interviews from him that he's been in discussions with the backroom staff about what they want to do in terms of culture, in terms of signings, blah blah blah. His intro, what do you think Ten Hag has to come in and solve immediately? Like, what are his major priorities coming in? I think, firstly, he's got to get rid of the Deadwood man. Like, there's a lot of players out there who are at the club that I know, obviously, like Paul Berlingard, like contracts running out, but he's got to determine straight away who he wants to keep, who fits his style of play, um, and the ones he needs to get rid of. And there needs to be an overhaul, man. Like, and there's players, obviously, like Maguire, who came for big money, captain of the club, he's got decisions like that. Is, is he going to stick with Maguire or is he going to say, do you know what, we're going to cut our losses, we're going to sign two new centre-backs or whatever. Um, I think first and foremost, is overhauls needed, man. Um, and once you do that, it'll take a bit of time, no doubt. But United are United. They've got the financial power. They've got the support. It's just a case of now, if Ten Hag is the man, um, just backing him completely and just being patient with it. Yeah, that's that's fair, man. I I personally think this, and pros you may not want to hear it, but I don't think United are competing for the title for another three years. Like, 
Mate, I think even on. top four might be a stretch because just the sheer amount of work that needs to be done. Like I, I think when it comes to a transfer window, like you can sign eight players, right? But not all of them are obviously going to be hit. So you really need to make some like free hits a window, especially in the summer. Maybe one in January, like let's go over Kulisevsky or Diaz. Mm-hmm. But this United team, like you could argue, needs a full new starting eleven. Like, mm. I, I think you could actually, you could genuinely argue that, especially given, like, I'm not going to bring up Ronaldo as a blame thing because I don't think he is, but he obviously isn't getting any younger. So you will need to eventually replace him. Like, even players like De Gea, who has had a pretty decent season overall, but would you say he's an elite keeper anymore? I don't think any of that defence at the minute are making arguments that they're worth keeping. The midfield issues we've known for ages now, like, it's, mm. I, I can't remember a time where a top team has been in a more dire situation for me, pers- for me personally. Yeah, and it, it has been post-Fergie, it has just been a case of papering over cracks. And if we manage to get some success along the way, then hurrah. But over and above everything else, there's just a deep-rooted, rotten thing within the club that hasn't been addressed. And I think now that we're starting to uproot some of those those core rotten things, we might actually start to see some changes. And and like you said, Jake, it's not going to be an overnight thing just because we sure. are united, just because we are, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world, uh, top, three, top three clubs in the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that success is going to be guaranteed. So yes, it's going to take windows. Yes, it's going to take you know, the style of play to actually be ingrained within the team so that when we have situations that are, say, our best 11 aren't available, you don't have that much of a drop-off when you bring other players in. So, yeah, it's just loads of things to consider. That's why I said with Ten Hag coming in, it's a massive job for him and there's a lot for him to consider because it is a positive chalice, this job. Um, so I'm hoping he gets the support uh, and the backing that he needs to, to to really make a good success of his time. So we'll see, man. Press. I don't. <laughs> yeah, Press. Press. Yeah. I got two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, would you take? Obviously, we know Ten Hag has been appointed, but would you take someone like Arteta? Just looking back at how things have played out. No, you wouldn't. Seeing how um, Arteta has done well with Arsenal. The no, way no I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take him, no. Okay, fair enough. Second, and this is out to the boys as well. Is there a difference between Welbeck's trajectory and Rashford's? I think <laughs> Welbeck has... <laughs> <laughs> because, because honestly, I, <laughs> deep down, I'm thinking... Just take a moment, just what? wipe off the brow there, mate. Yeah, so, hmm, it's, it's not much. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go okay. Can you um talk me through that one? Like, yeah, what you what's what's thinking? Because <laughs> <laughs> these guys were, especially Welbeck, when he started, he was obviously touted to go to the top. Um, it was hampered by lo- lots of injuries, didn't work out, got sold. He's now at Brighton, similar to Rashford. Touted to be a very top striker, been hampered by injury. Maybe in, he could go down that trajectory as well. Beck. So that's what I'm asking. Do you see any resurrection or, or play back into form from Rashford? Because from the looks of it, I really don't see a difference between both both players in terms of their trajectory and their careers or in, in the future. Fair enough, man. I, I think it's probably, I'm, I'm not going to say that, Rashford at this point in his career has had that big of a let's say drop off in his trajectory to to um you know compare it to the likes of Welbeck who was yes he was touted to be let's say an an up and coming prospect as a united player but then injuries uh, obviously affected his uh, his progress yeah he then went to arsenal he had the same injury problems i guess what i'm trying to say is that um Rashford although he's achieved so much in his time thus far in his career, I don't think we can really compare those two um, just yet as yeah, yeah, Rashford's story is not quite finished yet. 
Yeah. So yeah, maybe in a few years, if Rashford continues to have these these injury issues and he he doesn't um, live up to maybe the potential uh, that everybody thought he would, then maybe we could come back to that conversation. But for now, yeah, I, I probably would say it's a bit premature to make that comparison. Uh, fair, fair. Carry on, Jake. You know what, though, <laughs> Just quickly yeah. on the Rashford thing, yeah. He does look finished, though, man. Like, I don't know. Like, he just don't look the same player. Like, no confidence. No, nah, he doesn't. The last mm. few times I've watched him, even when he's come off the bench and you're looking for something, there was one game he came off the bench yeah, and he was just terrible. I'm just thinking, what's happened mm. to this guy, man? Like, because he was a player that I really rated. And I don't, I'm not going to go as far to say he's a Dele Alli, but... I don't know whether him being at United is, is the best thing for him, like moving forward. How does he get himself back into that team? Like, do you think a move away would be better or do you think it's too early to tell or to say? I, I mean, I'm going to put my two cents on that. I think I think he needs to be given a chance by Ten Hag because I think he's going to be one of those players that needs like a proper arm around him. Like, uh, you are really good, Marcus. Believe in yourself type thing. <laughs> But it is almost feeling like, like a last chance saloon for his United career. Because if he doesn't do it here, he is going to plateau out as a mid-table Prem player who... I, well, Beck. Well, no comment. But, um, <laughs> but you could see that like he doesn't fit as a nine a left wing is probably where he goes best, but then it's like an inside forward type thing. Like, I don't know. I get, I get where it comes from. He's not quite ready to write him off, but especially for his United career, like he has to hit it off with 10 hogs, whether it's just like getting away from the summer and getting himself properly fixed. He doesn't look like he's been properly fit for months mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah. And- I'm, I'm, I want to jump in. There. I'm not worried about Rashford personally. Um, like, I think he has, like his physical attributes and his age on his side for sure. Um, like, yeah, men, like mentally he's in a, yeah, he's in a very terrible place, but I think he has the benefit of kind of going away um, for the summer, being able to kind of come back with a new manager, fresh mentality. Like, I mean, I think Rashford's personally going to be fine. I mean, I think the Welbeck shout was, was wild from Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, like, if you, if you look at, if you look at like all of his kind of past seasons, he's he's been a, a very very like good player, a very very solid player, like at, at the minimum. So yeah, I mean, I think Rashford will be fine, man. We just have to, we have to kind of write the season off like entirely, but the, the whole of the United team are probably writing the season off to be honest. So I mean, I, th- I think he can kind of get away with this one this year. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, Twitter admins, when you hear this, let's get running the poll. Let's see what the public think, see what they believe on Rashford. Um, we'll move on to the final game. I don't want to talk about it, but I have to. It is my West London Blues, Chelsea. They had a 2-0 lead going into the last two minutes, courtesy of Romelu scoring both and actually looking good in a football game for the first time in about six months. And the bottling continues from this side two goals in the last 15 minutes meant that Wolves left West London with a point um Tom I want to speak to you about this mm-hmm. like you can go to a month ago where it almost looked set up that Chelsea were guaranteed third they weren't in the title race but they weren't in a top four race yeah we're now getting to a point where it's still not likely but there's every chance if Chelsea keep playing the way they are, I mean, the last seven games in the league, they've got eight points, that they could lose top four. How bad would it be for them if they lost top four? Or even really, like, let top let third slip out of their hands, given where they were this whole season. I feel like I have to just revert this question back to you as a Chelsea fan. <laughs> so, Jake, how bad would he feel for you if you lose third or possibly fourth? You're you're doing a good job of being a host in there. Um, <laughs> top four is obviously abhorrent. That is horrible, horrible job. And top, I, I mean, I don't even see losing third is very bad because yeah. we have been the third best team in the land for the whole time. But the table doesn't lie. Come thirty eight games, once the final whistle goes, yeah, um, yeah, like top four, I that would be horrible. Like that would be like, I can't take Thursday nights anymore. I've done it before. It was fucking rubbish. Like I don't need that in my life. Um, what do you think is going on? Is it your defense? Is it just the whole team? Cause I Lukaku think, has picked up form scoring two goals. So that's good. What, what's going on? 
I think for me, like given the whole, own, I think the ownership's finally taken its toll and the situation, like given the fact that Christensen's leaving, Rudiger's leaving, yeah. Pilaqueta has had his contract extended, but he wants to leave. Alonso wants to leave. So you're playing a lot of senior players because Tuchel has pretty much shortened his team. He only trusts about 14 players. Like someone like Shalaba, for instance. We have not lost a game in 90 minutes that Shalaba started this season. The only games we've lost that he's actually even featured in are the away game to Juve in the Champions League near the start of the season where he came on as a sub yeah. and the Carabao Cup final where we lost on penalty shootout. That's it. Like, And he hasn't got a look in since March, well, since April, sorry, the start of April, and he was nominated for the Player of the Month in March. So whatever's gone on in the background, like, he's not trusted. So Tuchel's literally gone, I've got about 14, 15 players I can trust. They're the only ones I'm going to play. And it's just showing, like, they, it is a lack of, I'm not going to say a killer instinct, it's just the fact we can't see it off. Like, I think errors leading towards goals this season, we lead the league. Like, we just can't stop making individual mistakes. Like, you think of the Everton game last weekend. Azpilicueta has a bad touch, loses the ball, Richardson scores 1-0, and the game is over. Like, yeah. we weren't scoring. And, like, there were a couple of steals. Like, there was one where Cody scored his goal. Wolves were outnumbering us in our own box in the 97th minute when we're 2-1 up. Like, you yeah. can't let... You can't, ta- you can't put that on a tactics board. You can't legislate that. You just have to say what the fuck are you doing boys mm. at that point? Like, and I've said this all season long when it came to Liverpool and city, we can match them. Like, and we have, especially Liverpool, we have matched them every game we've played like 300 minutes of football this season. We've played against them and we've been separated by a penalty shootout. That's it. And yet we've got an FA Cup final against them next week. And we're going to get fucking battered if we play like that Uh, that's the thing though jake do you think it's a a case of nothing to play for in the prem because you're third you're not going to be second you're not going to be first um yeah yeah, you know i mean third is looking a bit dicey third is looking a bit dicey so yeah do you think it might be a case of that i i think for me again i think it's just more it's just such an unsettled squad tukel hasn't got it under control at the moment like mm. and i'm gonna really reiterate this i don't blame Tuchel whatsoever like i i believe in that man i think he's the right person for our club i want him to be with us for a long time like but right now it just seems like we've been meandering we just mm. we've been treading water there's just no there's no bite i think that's probably the best word to this squad there's no like when especially at the start of the season, you had people like Silva and Rudiger, like every little mistake, they were screaming at players. Yeah. And I think right now it's almost like there's not enough fear in the squad driving them. So I'm I still think we get third. Like if we don't, that'd be rubbish. So we've got decent games to end the season, although all everyone that we play pretty much has got something to play for. Like we've got leads away. That is a big, like, that's a massive game for Leeds. Like, that relegation race has suddenly got very fucking interesting. It has. Um, I, I think we do get third, but yeah, we just... The summer's looking interesting, suffice to say. Like, as much as perhaps we just talked about United and what they need to do, like, Chelsea could end up needing to buy a whole new back three at this rate where we're going i think they should have used a little bit of foresight with that man because you you lots it's not like it's a secret your back line is aging like aging 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 why wasn't this you know addressed maybe earlier to to i guess alleviate the the danger of of having basically no no young back line up and got coming back line yeah, yeah. Do you know what i think there's a, yeah it is poor squad plan like as much as i give marina credit this is something that you have to i look at her and go what's actually happened here because mm. we didn't renew rudiger or christensen at the start of the season like as much as they're leaving now we could have done that earlier like we pretty much had a deal signed for christensen and rudiger he just wanted better money like that was it like well yeah you're deserving of it and then it's stuff like Selling Guehi. I think um, mm. there's a really good Chelsea account like called Chelsea Youth because obviously we have one of the best youth systems and before Lampard, we were rubbish with playing our youth. And Malang Sar has played some like 1,600 minutes this season. 
Guehi, if he had that, we've got a ready-made replacement. We're not nearly in as bad a position. The Tamori sale is unforgivable, given the fact that he w- he is brilliant. Yeah. Like, he re- I will continue to fly that flag that he should be starting for England come the World Cup. And then you've got other, like, we tried to get Kunde in and Silva, uh, Sevilla didn't want it. We mm. sold Zuma. I, like I say, like, Burley, shout out Burley for finally finalizing that sale. Let's get that over done and dusted, and that can be sorted. Um, like that, that's going to be the big intray for our scouting system and our, mm. and Marine and whatnot. Is really we're going to have to buy probably two centre backs at least. Plus, um, Thiago Silva is thirty seven years old. He's going to be mm. thirty eight next season. You can't yeah. play him every week. Exactly like, right. You can play him once every week, but you can't keep playing him too. Like you, it's showing on him. Like as much as silky a player he he is, he is showing it on his legs now. That it's just his mind is almost not as sharp, especially later in the game. And that's where we're bottling it. So I I hope we keep third, just because it will be a a big thing for us. But considering the fact that we can't put away any chances, we have to focus on the fact that we can't keep clean sheets right now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one to say the least, to say the least. Right, <laughs> listeners, it's time. We have to move to the bar. It is our time for shots. Mace, first round is on you. Yeah, yeah, I have two shots. Um my first shot is actually a weird one because it was, it's unlike me, but my first shot goes to Jordan Pickford. Superb, superb, superb game today he saved Everton he basically won them three points with his with his amazing save so big shot goes out to Jordan Pickford my second shot we don't talk about teams that lower than you know the Prem but it goes to Bristol Rovers my city um congratulations for promoting to League One so yeah up the gas those are my two shots I, I, we need to explain that for listeners. Crazy, listen to crazy that because yeah. Northampton is technically my nearest like big town. I don't have any affiliation with them. I don't care what happened, but yeah. mate, please explain that because that is one of the best things I've ever heard in football. So, from my understanding, they going into the last game of the season, they needed to win by a seven goal difference. Um, uh, I think it was five. Five is it five? Is five or seven? Five? But, five goals. Sure seven. Yeah, yeah five. They, they had to win by five goals, but yeah, they five seven nil, and Northampton won three one. So as a result, they ended up getting promoted, and then Northampton have to go now go to the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, um, Northampton were three one up when I believe Bristol Rovers were one or two goals up, so they were probably cruising. And I was kind of just watching it as the goals kind of came in on um, Soccer Saturday, and then every single every five minutes. Jeff would go back to Bristol Rover Stadium, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0. It was crazy, man. Honestly, like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Joey Barton's actually actually their manager, I heard as well. So, Which yeah. is kind of bittersweet. Not, <laughs> but, not, a fan, yeah. not, a fan, not a fan of him, but yeah, congrats yeah. to the team because, I mean, that, that's just absolutely ridiculous feat. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, taking that, I'm taking that shot with you, mate. So that was, like, again, one of the best things I've heard in football. That, like... Imagine being a Rovers fan right now. Fair play to him. Fair play. Um, Strider, hit me up. You're up. Yeah, man. My shot is for Son Hyung Min. Hyung Min Son, HM7, all of that. <laughs> yeah, so a man were telling me, oh, what's he going to do at Anfield? What's he going to do at Anfield? We know Marnie <laughs> started. We know Son started. One man left with a goal. One man left with nine, and that was Hyung Min Son. 20 goals for the season. Not finished yet. Golden boot. Soon come. Up the Spurs. Yeah, those vo- those voice notes, Calvin. They were fucking terrific. They made. They, they <laughs> oh made my god! <laughs> oh my god! Jesus Christ! You, you, were, you were on another level. You were in man. your bag, man. Right. <laughs> don't don't. I was like, I'm not your bro. What? I'm not your brother. Okay, yes, right. <laughs> Call it day. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Ken, man. If you're listening, I'm sorry, man. You, I like you, and and all that. But it's just it's, it's a Liverpool. I got thing, a, I got a quick shot as well. Actually, um, and uh, my my shots actually for COVID. It, it it should be for Arteta, but truth be told, it's COVID. Um, if it wasn't for COVID, then Lacazette would have played in the the Southampton match, which means we wouldn't have been able to have seen like Eddie kind of put in the performance that he did in that game. Um, as a result, Eddie went on to play in the start in the Chelsea game, and it's been brilliant since then. Mate. He's been brilliant since then. Four, four goals in four starts. Um, he's kind of basically 
turned the season around for us. Uh, top four is basically back on in large part because of, of the goals he scored in the last couple of weeks, man. So, yeah, shout out COVID, obviously, knocking out Lacazette, man. Man like COVID. Oh, host, host just shout out a global That's what I'm for. saying. <laughs> <laughs> Every club's got what a an silver lining, pod. boys. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot. Um, it's not going to be for my team. Well, not the men's team, but it's going to be for the Chelsea's ladies' team. Oh, yeah. They, they won the title today, last day. And to celebrate, um, for those that don't aware, so Chelsea played Arsenal, their main contenders in the first game of the season. And when Arsenal won, the Arsenal manager, Jonas Edeval, dropped to his knees, screaming his head off by winning one game. Um, so what did all the Chelsea ladies do to celebrate winning the title against Arsenal women? They, of course, all dropped to their knees, absolutely screaming. Superb shit housing. Hey, we, beat you. we beat you in that game anyways. You guys were crap. So, yeah, well done, <laughs> Chelsea, but you are crap. Uh, but that, Commiseration, that is, Arsenal. <laughs> that is it from the boys. Thank you ever so much for listening. As always, the, the season is really heating up. That top four race, that relegation race, you got to make sure you're following all our socials. The Fantasy League is still very tight. I'm saying that because I'm in second and I cannot close that gap. But guys, again, thank you ever so much for listening. We hope you have a great week and a great weekend and we will see you all very, very soon. Peace out. Peace. 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 Hey, guys.